So listen, we've had a pretty fun past couple of days, especially going to Rolling Loud for the weekend. I mean, um, this is a big dream come true for me as well because I remember when you guys went to your first Los Angeles trip in high school, I wasn't able to make it. The teacher said, fuck you, you're not coming through. So I was like super sad about the whole situation. What was but, the situation with that? Like, were you missing the straight A's? Like, I don't know what was going like, on. I, I guess they probably didn't fuck with me like that. Like, I know? wasn't even like an honor roll student, I don't think, at that time. I mean, I, I made it a few times, but I don't think like that year I was even on it. So it couldn't have been a great situation. I don't know what I know, the fuck. but it just I, I think sucked. it was the teachers like choosing favorites, to be honest. Th that was a good time. So guys, to give you some context, we're in California right now, and this is a full circle moment for us because um, when we first started the brand, we had the dream to come out here and just create content and um, just enjoy the vibe of California. I mean, there's so much stuff to do here. There's so many things to see. And um, listen, honestly, everything has met my expectations and more. I'm not going to lie to you. From the first day that we stepped down here, it was absolutely incredible. And funny enough, we actually left a snowstorm, okay, from Montreal. And then we get this beautiful weather in California. People are saying it's cold. It's a bit chilly outside. But listen, I'll take this all day long over Montreal weather. Yeah, and sure. like, didn't you pack a bunch of t-shirts and shit? Like, I, I knew to come prepared with, like, some hoodies, some long pants. Because the weather's, like, 15 degrees um, Celsius. But... It feels like five, bro. Yeah, like it's, it's super, super cold. For it is California pretty cold. Right it's, it is pretty cold right now. But I mean, listen, I was sufficient with my packing, so everything was good on that end. But man, listen, we got to listen to a lot of good music. Um, we got a lot of good places to talk about. So where do you want to start, man? Like, what's kind of been the highlight of the trip so far? And then I guess we'll go more into like our Rolling Loud experience. Yeah, you know? we'll definitely tap into Rolling Loud and like what it was like to see those sets and just the experience overall, just because. That was our first like major hip hop festival, and obviously Rolling Loud organizes the biggest festivals for hip hop worldwide. I mean, they're doing Portugal this year, they're doing Thailand. Like, it's really turned into an international thing. So, it's cool to be at one of those big festivals for the first ever time. And apart from that, I mean, we also had some great car rides to different places where we were throwing around the ox. Um, you were kind of playing some Jay Z earlier. I was, I was kind of questionable. Like, Why? What's wrong with Jay Z? I don't know. We're in Cali, bro. Like, I mean, how much, how much Doctor Dre and Kendrick and like Drake <laughs> the Ruler do you want to play before you get tired? No, I'm, bro, all, all jokes aside, there's a lot though, of range there. There's Nipsey, there is. But there's listen, Vince, I'll, I, there's... I'll put. Listen, we ended up running through a good amount of Vince Staples. Um, we did Drake the Ruler a bunch of times. Um, we actually, you know what? I'll, I'll save the Kendrick story actually for more down the recording. But put some people on with uh, with Drake the Ruler. Like, what are some songs that they should check? out? Out if they haven't tapped um, in. Um, I think I was on Mr. Mosby too, I believe. Let me actually just pull this up. Shanene is one of them. Shanene right? is absolutely fire. I was playing that for JT outside actually before. Um, yeah, I am Mr. Mosley too. Um, this comes with songs like Ten Chain, Shanene, Having Fun, Condone It. Um, even Mayday is absolutely fire. Evil Knievel's good. So mm. um, the way that I was put onto this was actually through my boy Mark Lux. I had seen him. I think it was retweet a tweet or like quote tweet something where someone had made a take on a graphic where it was like these are the best albums from the west coast in the past 10 years and this project was on that graphic and the guy that quote retweeted it was saying that this is period the best west coast album to come out in the 2010s decade and i understand the value of that especially coming from let's say someone that's implemented into this la culture i mean draco has a sound that was advanced for its time um he kind of has this off flow beat that kind of makes sense for what he's trying to do especially throughout the whole project but you'll also catch him finding these super hard pockets throughout all of it sprinkled in with all kinds of incredible west coast productions so i guess that was kind of my first recommendation because i was bumping it on the plane here and i'm like wow this is fucking quality it's actually really yeah good. no drakeo is great and i think that he makes uh well you know sadly he made great street music especially for la and 
super clever with his writing too. Like there'll, there'll be songs where, like Shanene, for example, where he's rapping about a gun while simultaneously talking about a girl. And um, yeah, it's just cool to see how clever he could be with his bars at times. But um, yeah, let's start off with Rolling Loud, bro. So our first ever time and on day one, it was pretty crazy because we were actually having access to this press compound where different interviews were going down, a bunch of different creatives were at, and it took us like two hours to find. I think yeah. that was like the biggest like awakening was like, holy shit, the grounds here are massive, and it's just so hard to navigate off the first day. Yeah, it was hard to navigate on the first day because we had covered festivals before, but nothing like the size of Rolling Loud California, and it was kind of a shock to us as soon as we had gotten onto the festival grounds because it takes so long to walk from one thing to another, at least for what we were trying to do, because we mostly were shooting content in the VIP section um, that was on the side of which which stage was it, bro? If you I think it was the Levi's. The Levi's stage. stage. I, I believe it was the Levi's stage. Yeah, and that's then, where most of the main acts were performing. And we had a good amount of people coming through just through that section. Like, it was absolutely packed this weekend. So I guess my first initial reaction on day one was like, man, this is crazy. Like, and, and you know what was cool too? We were interviewing people and we did a bunch of different content. You guys are going to be seeing it on the TikTok, on the Instagram, maybe even some stuff on YouTube shorts. And um, just even people that are not even into hip hop end up showing up just because it feels more of like a, like a, a city carnival more than anything. If that makes sense to you, like yeah. that's kind of the vibe that it's I ended up getting. kind of like a fair because you have like roller coasters, you have a barber shop that was thrown in Tattoo there. Tattoo shop. Yeah, it was absolutely wild. So like, how did you feel about that? Especially seeing LA culture at its full display, especially from our generation. Like, was that a shock for you at first, especially coming from Montreal? I mean, yeah, it was a shock just because once again, there was over 100,000 people there and they really did accommodate people the best they could. I mean, there were so many food trucks. It was a barber shop, like I said, different rides. and Absolutely. Um, Listen, there's positives and negatives within the experience. I think that one thing that could be difficult for people is just navigating from stage to stage because, like, there might be one artist you want to see on one stage and then there's someone else at a stage that takes you, like, 20 minutes by walking to get to. For example, I think it was day two where you had Travis headlining at, I believe, 950 but there was Lil Wayne at 9.30. Yeah, and it was kind of hard to navigate through because then as soon as people are done with a set, you have this huge influx of movement from stage to stage. And listen, the festival grounds are massive. And even being at the new SoFi Stadium was incredible. But you're walking through these sort of settings and it gets a bit intimidating. And we were carrying our equipment. But thankfully, everyone was super cool. Everyone was on a good vibe. And it was absolutely extraordinary to see. And on that first day, we obviously got to see Playboy Cardi live. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. So you've seen Cardi a bunch of different times. It was my first time ever seeing him. How did you like the performance? I didn't bro? like the performance. And it's crazy just because... There's this narrative going around that Cardi's the best live yeah, performer. Yeah, Fajella put it on our Twitter. He yeah. put it on our Twitter, and I get where he's coming from just because Cardi's energy is radiant, it's vibrant, it's hectic, it's chaotic, it gets a crowd moving, it creates these mosh pits. Like, it really definitely... Um, it moves people. Yeah, it really does. But my whole issue with his set was just the fact that um, you had this electric guitar that was soaring throughout the entire performance. And I, I do like the fact that he's been creative in terms of actually shifting the sound of certain tracks from his catalog. I thought that was cool, but that guitar was overpowering everything. Yeah, you can't hear him well. But this is the thing I'm going to say, though, is that we weren't necessarily in the most ideal 
position or a situation to be watching Cardi. Like you really want to be in those crowds when you're listening to that type of set because it's all hype. We were it's still all in energy. the crowd though. We were in the we, VIP we, section, we but there were was the, still people. There like, was still a crowd, moving. but I'm saying is that like you saw those mosh pits and you saw how those kids were going. And so you wanted to win the mosh pit, bro. <laughs> I wouldn't do that, That's but I'm a, saying is that if you really want to enjoy a Playboy Cardi set, I feel like you have to be in the action. More I than feel anything. like you need to hear the music and the vocals, bro. All I heard was that guitar and Cardi shouting like. I get it. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to put out that punk rock aesthetic. It's cool. It's fun. Is it for me? Definitely not. Like to me, when I saw Cardi in front of 300 people, one of the first venues he did in Montreal, that was a performance, bro. Yeah, but I mean, it's always going to be more intimate. You have almost 100,000 people in that Yeah, but crowd he was watching. actually rapping his lyrics. Oh, I that know, I difference. know, but it's a different set, though. Obviously, a set with 300 people is going to be a lot more intimate and it's going to be a lot. It's not about you know, the intimacy, though. Well, I to a certain I, extent, it is. I mean, he's it's not about gonna, the vocals and the performance from the artist. You're, but you're trying to get people hyped in that setting, like, and there's so many different people. I'm not condoning it. Like, the performance wasn't necessarily for me, but I could understand why people would want to go in that crowd, and I feel like you would really need to be there to be able to understand that fully. You yeah. Know? Was there anyone else from day one that like really made you impressed by their by their set or anything like that? Honestly, this is what I'm gonna say is that I feel like a lot of the live performances that I did here were a bit lackluster. Yes. Like, especially from the sets, because, right, we were recording right next to the stage and we got to listen to a lot of different people and I don't want to pinpoint anyone else, you know, just to be able to make this feel general. And um, we didn't actually get to sit down through a full set just because of the amount of content we were doing. But from what I was hearing, like... I, I feel like going through your full songs vocally is kind of like a lost art form at this point. No one really does it. Um, you have your exceptions, obviously, and we're going to talk about someone that did that on day mm -hmm. two. But yeah. I, I feel like if you really want to enjoy the music, it has to come from the artist, right? Then you're paying a lot of money, let's say, to see this artist. And then, boom, you just you're he's hitting play on his song. His DJ is going for it. And... You know, they're either shouting their ad libs or do a bit of their hook. And then after that, boom, they'll fuck off with the rest of the song. And maybe people do enjoy that. I get it. But if I'm sitting down for a live performance, I would like to see the music. The, the thing is, you know? though, is that like some artists maybe are lacking in terms of their actual vocal performances and actually delivering their lyrics. But they make up for it sometimes with the choreography and um, with all of the pyrotechnics that go behind the actual set. So um, there are positives even within that. But I do agree with you. I do feel like a lot of these artists were just playing karaoke and just had Spotify in the background and were just kind of moving around on stage and not doing too much. But that's so. kind of a trend, though, because everyone's trying to get their crowds hyped, It, it right? is. Um, while we're on, like, more of the negative side of it, before we get into the more highlights, um, another thing that I noticed, too, is that, you know, it's Rolling Loud California. I did want to see more California natives as headliners. Like, it would have been cool to have had Kendrick at the festival, maybe someone like Snoop Dogg, maybe Vince Staples. Um, Schoolboy Q could have yeah, been in that mix. I mean, like you did have certain people from L.A., like Tyga, YG also um, hopped out at his set also. So you had a few California natives, but I feel like if you're going to be in a certain city or area, you should bring out artists that represent that culture and that style of music. In my opinion, but was. for the most part, they did have a very solid lineup. They it was did. It, it was a super stacked lineup. You guys had a a bunch of different artists you were going to be able to yeah. check out at this festival. So that was interesting. And um, after day one, man, I was tired. I'm not going to lie to you, especially after that two hour walk at the beginning to try and find the press compounds. But um, you know, shout out to Kevin who took care of us the whole time this weekend. He was organizing a lot of the press for Rolling Loud. Um, you know, really cool dude. And we're going to be doing more of these Rolling Loud festivals as they come along. So 
Um, this is not going to be the last one. But let's go on to day two. You know what actually surprised me on day two? I think it was Bia that was performing, actually. And she yes, had we a got great... to see Bia. Bia actually had a fantastic set. She had backup dancers going. Um, she was rapping most of her lyrics. The crowd was engaged all the way through. Um, she was previewing music. I mean, that's a full-blown fan experience. And what's nice is that... I've always seen her live performances on her IG, and I'm always like, fuck, I've, I kind of want to see a set at this point. And to be able to see it that up close was absolutely incredible. So shout out Bia. I yeah, really enjoyed it. She had done some unreleased music too, which was fire. Um, but yeah, in terms of uh, of day two, obviously Travis was the, was the headliner. And I don't know about you, but for me, out of anybody on the lineup, he was who I was most excited to see. Um, and it was different though I'll tell you this because He delivered though Oh absolutely Because I had seen Travis at Oceaga in 2018 The day that he had dropped Astral he did, I believe he had done Lollapalooza in Chicago That same afternoon And then he flew to Montreal the night of To be able to perform um, at Oceaga So what was interesting was I got like that experience at the first hand where like I waited 12 hours at the front gate to see him And now it's kind of been more stripped back So I think that maybe kind of jaded the way that I saw the performance. But what's cool about Travis is that, like, he'll do all of his lyrics, like, word for word. Yeah, literally. Like, the guy is literally performing all of his songs. He's getting hyped. Um, Chase B is a fantastic DJ. The transitions from songs to songs were crazy. You got stuff from Days Before Rodeo. You got stuff from Al Farrell. You got Astral material. You got a lot of cool stuff. So, I mean, what was your favorite song that you think he performed that night? Mamacita. To see Mamacita live, like, I was not expecting that whatsoever. And I feel like... As soon as the guitar kicks in, bro. That's what's so cool about Travis Scott is that you can argue that he's currently at his peak of popularity as an artist. You could also argue that it was back in 2018. But nonetheless, he's still one of the biggest artists in the world right now. And even at the stage that he's at right now... He's still able to play shit from some of his early mixtapes like Al Faro and Days Before Rodeo. And those songs are still being, you know, desired by his fans to be heard live. Absolutely. Like, not many artists could do that, bro. No, I, and I think what's cool, too, is that you get something like Upper Echelon that's sold. Like, this is like 2013, what a right? song. Like, a decade later and all of these kids in the show that may have not even been hip to Travis Scott before that are really fucking with the song and are actually getting engaged and pumped up for it. So I think it was always cool the way that Travis Scott kind of formed this community and how tight-knit it is. Like, he has an easy amount of music to go through. And if you're just getting into his music, it's not hard to go through his full catalog without finding those favorites, right? Like, you're going to be able to go through Al Faro and find a couple of songs that you're going to pull in your rotation that still sound good in 2023. Same thing for DBR. So I feel like... Having that sort of essence to your catalog is so important for an artist, mm -hmm. and it just proves Travis's longevity, you know? That's so, what I'm saying. Like, there's not that many artists that'll reach back into their old mixtape catalogs and bring them onto their sets and have their audiences actually fuck with that music and know the music. So that alone was a, was a big accomplishment. But apart from that, I mean... The actual just theatrics of the show were crazy because you had the fireworks, you had the fire shooting up, which was kind of a reoccurring thing for a lot of different sets. But with, with Travis's energy, I mean, it was just a perfect combination. And I, I actually I got a cool picture where Travis was performing and I think it was the smoke that was coming out of like the smoke machines in front. And mm. uh, you see a lot of planes going into LAX over because it was in Inglewood and like it's right there. So um, the scene was absolutely beautiful. It was a dream come true. But let's talk about day three because we did a lot of content on day three. I think this was actually the day that we attended the earliest um, just because we were trying to get as much content as we possibly can. Um, so let me take you guys through the content that we did. So. 
um, Lou, the team, and I ended up forming, I would say, more or less between like 25 to 30 different pieces and concepts that we wanted to run through a certain amount of people. Um, and that's the way that we kind of attack the festivals is that we'll go through and like we'll literally ask everyone and anyone these questions repetitively. And then once we get back home, we chomp up the compilations. And then after that, it makes for absolutely awesome content. How do you so- feel about like that whole scenario where you got to walk up to someone and they're kind of a bit shook and they're like, I hate doing that. It, bro. It, 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 you it's, it's you were doing that more. You were doing that. You, I, I you're was doing an that more. Like that. Yeah. That was like maybe my least favorite part. I mean, I love meeting people. Like once that introduction's made, it's cool. It's awesome. Because you kind of feel bad, right? Like you you're, you're there. You feel bad. Yeah. You're kind of busting their balls. Like you say, hey, what's up? They're looking at you like, what the fuck? Like immediately it's as if like. You've disturbed their they're, day. They're, they're turning into like caution mode bro like exactly like as if like someone just randomly saying hi to them is totally out of the norm you yeah know but what I, I mean they're in a certain type of mindset obviously you got to keep that in mind while 100%. they're at these festivals uh people are intoxicated people are doing certain things so i mean like <laughs> you always get those groups of people but what i yeah. will say is that the community was absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. every single person um that we did content with and every single person that came up to us in the festival because we the love that was shown this weekend was absolutely incredible like you guys are fire. I have to say that, like, super polite. Everyone was super down to do content. If even the people that didn't want to do content, like, legit just said, sorry, you know, I'm, I'm not down at the moment, but you guys have a great weekend. And that's what yeah. I loved about the festival was everyone was super polite. You didn't have problems with anyone. And it was just, it was a great time all around. Yeah, I don't know if it's like an LA cultural thing, but the people are here are just super humble, super down to earth, super chill. And yeah, like you were saying, everyone was super respectful. So that was really dope. But I want to talk about some sets that um, I saw bits and pieces of. One of them was Larry June and The Alchemist. And that was really cool because you got The Alchemist rapping in front of like thousands of people. See that which tweet that went viral? Actually? It went viral. And he was performing Hold You Down, which is like an old classic of his off of his first Infotree album. So um, that was pretty cool to see. Apart from that, I mean, you also had Amine. How did you feel about that? I think he caught a few songs from Amine. We had caught a few songs, and he has incredible track presence. And I feel like that really bled into his set because people were engaged. And we were able to see it a bit more from afar, but the crowds were going crazy. Bro, when I heard Red Mercedes come on, I'm like, holy shit. Like, the Absolutely. crowd was bumping it. And it was also cool because a lot of artists, I feel like, when it comes to festivals, they almost have no choice but to play like their biggest hit and a lot of artists like end up mentioning that their biggest hit is sometimes a song that they're tired of performing or that they don't fuck with that much but what Amine did that was really cool is that he performed Caroline but he added a totally different twist to it in the sense that when he started off that track it started with like this moody piano and he almost turned it into a ballad and then only halfway through the song did you get the drums and the full effect and the original kind of mix of that track. Yeah, but so- he has the charisma to be able to carry that and people are also into his music to the point where like they'll they'll follow along for that type of thing like not every artist is going to be able to pull that off it was so dope i'm like okay like this is a way for an artist to get excited about performing a song they performed a million fucking times that's very true listen i want to talk about someone else and that's going to be a little oozy okay because we went through this whole festival bro and i think we heard just want to rock maybe over 30 times like either playing at certain venues that were that were within the festival grounds so example like you had this sort of like monster club where like it was uh, a double floored sort of compound where people were able to get drinks and just chill out there and they had that song on repeat. Or if you were in the press compound, there was a little speaker going, that was Mm -hmm. ripping it. Or even in the VIP section in certain shops or even when you were backstage like behind the VIP section, 
everyone wanted to hear that song live to the point where he actually performed it twice at Rolling Loud. So how did you feel about his set? And how do you feel about Just Wanna Rock? Like, do you really feel like this is one of the biggest anthems that we've gotten in a while? Yeah, I mean, it's probably the biggest hit we've had in a few years. And it was pretty cool because he ended up performing the song twice in a row, bro. Like, that's how much the crowd loved it. And I'll be honest with you, like, out of every song that I got, that I witnessed live from this festival, no other song besides Just Wanna Rock really had the entire crowd going fucking crazy. It was stupid. It was really stupid. And you know what's cool about this Uzi song is that it's super easy for him to do because it's not lyrically dense, but you know what's hard for him actually probably? The dance. Like he was yeah. fucking ripping it, bro. Imagine being on that stage in front of all those people and hitting that dance in front of all those eyes and being able to pull it off like he did. So shout out to Uzi. It was an absolute rock star for his set, but... Man, what were your, you know, what's your thoughts on the weekend as a whole, bro? How did you like it? The you as take, a whole, yeah, what I did mean, you take away? It was from a it? blast. We had so many other creatives and fans in general come up to us, yeah, show absolutely. us love, and just give us little details, like saying, um, "Oh, is that Nick over there? He's always the, the, the tiebreaker." Like hearing stuff like that means so much, just because it shows right there that they really watch and follow through with all of our content on YouTube Facts. and that they're Absolutely. really diehards. And we to meet people like that that really truly care um, it means the world. It's a pleasure, bro. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's it means pleasure. the world. And I think, you know, what's cool is that if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't have been able to do this this weekend. We wouldn't be able to cover more festivals. And um, we're actually we're going to North Carolina in a couple of weeks. We're going to be doing Dreamville Fest. That's going to be absolutely massive. So uh, more details on that. And uh, we also we want to do Rolling Loud Miami, perhaps Toronto, like wherever we could go and actually cover live music. Like that's the different part for me as a is like. We cover music from the comfort of our own homes, right? But it's a much different experience when you're actually in the crowds and when you're interacting with people. It's a whole different culture completely. And we need that, I feel like, because we're always just in the in the studio, bro, listening on, on the first listen or bumping it in our cars. But being there, you know, kind of feeding off of the reactions of other people. Oh, it was crazy. I mean, it's it really crazy. A, a crazy experience. And, yeah, it definitely surpassed my expectations. We were super well accommodated and... Um, yeah, it was just cool to meet so many people and yeah, be at one of the biggest hip hop festivals in the world, bro. It was awesome. But let's talk about California as a whole. All mm. right. So we've done a lot of cool stuff. Um, I want to talk about Top Dog Entertainment because that was probably one of my favorite parts of the whole trip was being able to um, go to Top Dog Entertainment Studio. Shout out to everyone there. Shout out to Devin Malik. Shout out to Keaton and everyone else that took care of us. Um, bro, the vinyls that they ended up, you know, sending us home with were absolutely incredible. So listen to this, guys. They ended up giving us, um, uh, well, three copies each, one for me, one for Lewin, one for Nick, um, of just exclusive stock from their camp. So they gave us like numbered damn vinyls that were actually special edition that's incredible that was um, the collector's edition where you have the track list in reverse yes it's the reverse order then yeah. after that we got blank face lp that's still super rare to find um we got control we got the houses burning but they have a lot of cool stuff coming i don't want to talk about it too much because you know that's for them to talk but about it, in i'll be honest with you like it was just a childhood dream to yeah. be at that compound because growing up TDE was the label for me. Like they were literally putting out almost like near flawless album after flawless album from an array of talented artists That's and facts. just that catalog and what TDE did to shift the game was just groundbreaking for its time and they're still doing their thing. They're still killing it. They're still one of the major powerhouses in the genre. So 
to actually step foot into that compound and um, meet the whole team there was it felt unreal, bro. Like I said, yeah, and, I did. Um, we even got to hear some unreleased music, which was such a fucking treat. I don't want to talk too much about that. Yeah, that's what I said. We'll let, we'll um, let, uh, we'll let TDE take care but, of that But, uh, yeah, there's so much heat on the way, guys. Oh, like, there is. There's a lot of good stuff that you is. guys could expect in the near future. But, yeah, as you were saying, when I was coming up, uh, especially as a hip-hop listener, who who else? You know, it was Top Dog Entertainment as a collective. Absolutely. I mean, even shout out to my cousin Chris. Like, that was really our fucking shit. Like, we were, we would go play basketball on sunny days in Montreal and just bring the mini speaker and fucking rip it. Or, you know, you go to parks when it gets late at night, you know, you go smoke some weed and you throw on some oxymoron in fucking 2014 and you don't really know what's going on and you're just vibing to the music. Or, you know, when Damn came out, my first listening experience, like, being in my tempo in Montreal, if you guys don't know what a tempo is, it's kind of like something you put on your driveway to guard your, your car from snow falling on it. So we were in my tempo smoking a J and going back to that first damn listening experience and all liking it. But then waking up the next morning with my cousin and us both fucking with it. Like I have so many stories about music listening just because of that camp and to be able to be there in real time and to be able to, um, you know, say what's up was an absolute treat of an experience for sure. Yeah, it was a beautiful experience. And uh, like I was saying, I really think that TDE, even in terms of some of their newer artists and signees, like Dochi, for example. Oh, incredibly um, talented. Listen, if you guys have not listened, listen to albums like All oh, the Places You'll Go. Um, she also has a song with SZA, which is really great, called Persuasive, um, which is a remix to the to the actual original version that she had done. Also, um, What You Said by Isaiah Rashad, which she's featured on. Another amazing song, if you guys haven't checked that out. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, l- let me ask you, um, in terms of just... Our car rides to the festival, to TDE, like just in general, how, how do you feel about like the Ox? How do I feel about the Ox? Well, first of all, yeah. I feel like you actually need one in Los Angeles just because everything's so far from each other. It felt very different driving in Los Angeles than it did in Montreal, even New York, to be quite frank with you. Like the traffic in New York was horrible, but once you start traveling, like because we were staying in Woodland Hills, once you get from like Woodland Hills and like we end up going all the way to, let's say, you know, Studio City. It's not that far of a drive technically if there was no traffic, but then you get hit with this daytime traffic and it's literally an hour away from everything. Or example, like, let's talk about today, right? Like, we ended up going to Compton and Long Beach um, to meet our boy Mark Luck. Shout out to Mark. He took great care of us this weekend. And then um, I have another funny story to go along with that, you know, that happened on that Thursday night. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and sh- everything. Sh- sh- shout out to Mark. And guys, yeah. check out all that if you haven't. Um, amazing song it's uh it's really i think it's gonna make crazy waves um so yeah please check that out if you haven't but yeah going back to what i was saying you know you're starting to travel from let's say area to area and it's an hour and 30 minutes an hour and 45 minutes from stuff and that's low-key like triple the car time for us for those types of distances but it's every hour of the day like you you can never go on the freeway and like not expect traffic well actually we just came home it was pretty it was okay okay but what's crazy too is that like there's like six lanes bro on the freeway and they're all packed up in the daytime like it's it's really imagine the la traffic in montreal streets Uh, (laughs) imagine on the mets bro (laughs) oh my goodness three lanes i don't even think you'd be able to move but um yeah so we were going to a hockey game on thursday night and this is before the rolling loud um the whole rolling loud thing on the weekend and we were actually going to the staples center well it's called the crypto center 
Is it the Christmas Crypto thing? Arena? Crypto Arena, my bad, yeah. to watch the LA Kings versus the Montreal Canadiens because we're hockey fans and uh, we wanted to go out and catch a game. And um, we got a flat tire in the middle of the freeway. And then after that, Mark ends up picking us up. We stop at a gas station on Melrose Street. I'm not sure what gas station. Thank we God had. he had that car jack. Absolutely. And uh, Nick ended up changing the tire. Shout out, Nick. He saved us that night too. But yeah, it was an absolute moment. But Mark actually took great care of us today because before the trip actually happened, I spoke to Mark and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm down to visit the hills and I'm down to, you know, see Malibu. That was an incredible experience as well. Um, the glitz and the glam of Los Angeles. You hear all of the beautiful dream stories and everything. But um, to be able to actually go into Compton and, and bump GKMC as you tour the streets that Kendrick's, um, you know, referencing. And as you're actually going through the story was probably my favorite experience of this whole trip bro i'm not even gonna lie to you. yeah that was uh again another dream that came true for me just because you know we spent the last 10 years listening to good kid mad city like from me being in my first year of high school bumping it every morning on the bus on the way to school to us playing it at house parties like this album like has lived with us you know as i've grown the music has grown with me i've picked up more and more from this album over time and it's just had um a real impact on my life so to be able to actually put images and locations to the words i've been hearing for 10 years it just felt like this full circle moment and to drive by certain landmarks like centennial high school where kendrick lamar went um, and in his teenage years, like that was crazy to see the old burger joints that he would reference um, to yeah, actually drive by his childhood home. Yeah, even like on, on because Mark was actually referencing lyrics as we were driving through and then we were on the border of Compton and Paramount. And uh, that's actually one of the bars that Kendrick starts off the album with on Master Splinter. And then you're there and you're seeing everything live in front of you. And it's absolutely mesmerizing because. Um, you see this beautiful community of people and it's actually a beautiful area. Like it's really, it's, it's nice. Like, uh, you know, you see all these bungalows and the sun's out. It's, it was really awesome to be there. And you start to understand, you know, a bit more of LA culture and where the music actually comes from. And that's what I was mentioning in the car ride was it's one thing to listen to this music, you know, when you take the bus or when you're in your car or, you know, when you feel a certain type of way, but to actually bump it in the setting that it was intended for is a completely different experience. And I recommend it to anyone that hasn't done it before because it was absolutely incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. And right after um, we had checked out um, Compton, we actually headed over to Long Beach, which is not far away at all. And we actually went to Ramona Park, which was awesome to see because that's where Vince Staples actually recorded the music video for the song Fun. And besides that, I mean, obviously, he literally named his most recent album after Ramona Park. And he's mentioned Ramona Park in so many of his songs. So again, to see that landmark and to be there was a moment and we were also you know bumping Ramona Park broke my heart while we were driving past it and guys if you have not checked out that album I know that it's not doing like crazy streaming numbers or whatever oh, it sick. is it's but such a sick album. that is just one of the best albums to have come out last year songs like a free the homies magic like there's just when there's sparks so fly like so much good stuff on there and I think that bottom. what's cool too is that you start to really understand the vision of the projects once you're actually within, yeah. um, you know, the album settings and the sound settings, but in real time. And that's what's kind of giving me an extra motivation now is that I want to see how much uh, music I can listen to, but in live settings. So example, like imagine doing something like, you know, 
reasonable doubt, but in somewhere like Brooklyn, New York, you know, like yeah, or really, listening to the Marshall Mathers LP in in, in Eight Mile, you know yeah, what I like, mean? Like, there's always stuff like that. Exactly. Like I really want to be there in those settings, and I think that was kind of the greatest thing that happened today. But Mark also took us to this fantastic taco place, and was like this hole in the wall. We told them we're like we don't want no popular place, bro. Where do you go? And we had fantastic birria tacos. We had fantastic beef tacos. We got churros too. Um, they had this fantastic lime and cucumber lemonade that was really good. So, um, I mean, if you guys are ever in that area, shout out to Tacos with a K. Tacos with a K, K, bro. Yeah, and it was super authentic. The two, the two gentlemen that served us were super nice guys, and um, it was just an awesome experience. But how do you feel about the Ox culture here, bro? Because I feel like I kind of ran out of albums to play at a certain point. You feel like you ran out of albums? I mean, it, it kind of sucked not being able to play Doggy Style from start to finish because obviously it's not on streaming platforms, but... We ran through a lot. We ran through Victory Lab by Nipsey Hussle, which is fuck, such an underrated album. I, mean, I know it did get nominated for that Grammy, but I do not feel like it gets the respect it deserves because to me, that is a West Coast classic album. And we were listening to songs like Dedication featuring Kendrick. We were listening to songs like Blue Laces 2, which is one of Nipsey's best storytelling cuts if you haven't checked that one out. So went through that. We also did um, Oxnard by Anderson Park. That was a great one. Um, we also did some DJ Quick, um, where we had, um, what's that song called? It's kind of like rap and reggae infused together. Hey, you played it today. I played it today. Yeah, I, I, I got to go back to it, but, uh, that's a classic. I would say even, uh, 2001 was a big treat for me, bro, because that's my favorite album of all time. And that kind of perfectly encapsulates what LA's sound is supposed to be and how it actually comes through. And, um, I always wanted to, you know, wake up one morning and just enjoy the weather of California while bumping 2001. And I had the chance to do this, this trip where mm -hmm. I would just take my mini speaker outside, go sit down, um, chill out and just enjoy the view while bumping 2001 and going through songs like The Watcher or something like Lightspeed, Ackright, um, Explosive. Uh, forgot about Dre. All these West Coast classics was so unique in that perspective, and that was a full, full circle moment for me too because I really enjoyed that. Another album that I was bumping heavily within this trip was actually Sylvia Demo mm -hmm. by Isaiah yeah. Rashad. Um, I was doing some work with Nick a couple of mornings here where um, I had to do the um, I had to do the graphics for the tier list uh, for the video that we ended up dropping, and I always like to put on some background music while I do this stuff. So. Um, Sylvia Demo was in constant rotation as well. Um, what else did you have for this week? Um, yeah, so like I said, that song from DJ Quick was called uh, The Bomb Bud, which, like I said, classic Compton track. And uh, yeah, cool to see reggae and rap infused there. Um, More Life by Drake has been in heavy rotation just because, you know, you're in sunny LA. It's perfect for like a summer type vibe with songs like Blem, like Teenage Fever. So. We've been kind of like running through that track list quite a bit. And uh, yeah, it's just, it, it's been great to kind of listen to music in March with some sunny weather, bro. Like just roll the windows down and uh, and yeah, let, let the music do its thing. But overall, I've just been loving this trip, bro. Like I, I can't wait for the next festival. And um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy because even for a car ride, we're used to kind of driving by not having much to look at, but now you're able to listen to music and have the view of the Malibu coastline, for example, where you get to see the Pacific Ocean, you get to see the hills. Like, 
the car rides go way harder, bro, in Cali compared uh, oh, to Montreal. Oh, that's for sure. But there's a lot of value to Montreal, and I think that's of course where there is because we've been doing a lot of traveling for the podcast as of late, and it's kind of made me really appreciate the city that we come from. Just because you know nothing will ever feel like home, you know, and I think that's kind of the moral of the story is that wherever you guys kind of travel and wherever you guys go to. Um, hold home very close to your heart because it'll make you appreciate even everything else much better. Like you'll really take so much out of so many different cultures, but this trip has been absolutely incredible. And if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be able to do this. Right yeah. Now. Much love to everyone. And for anyone that was actually in the GA section at the Rolling Loud Festival, I'm sorry that we couldn't end the meeting, but to be honest with you, like the focus for us at the festival was really getting as much content done as possible. And if we would have tried to do that in the GA area, yeah, it, it would have been horribly a mess. Bad. Yeah, it would have gone so, horribly bad. For, um, sure. for anyone that did want to meet up in the GA section, I'm sorry about that, but we'll definitely uh, maybe you know actually set up some uh, some meetup spots at the next festival that we go to. I think that would be a great idea just to shoot some content with you guys and have some conversations, take some pictures, whatever the case may be. I think that would be awesome. And yeah, in terms of like making all this content possible, shout out to you, Ant, shout out to Nick, uh, Fagella, Mark, the entire team. I mean, in terms of just putting out tweets, bro, putting out these TikToks, editing these TikToks, there's a lot of work that goes behind it. And um, yeah, I'm just grateful that everyone's on board. Everyone's working hard to make it all happen. And, and thank you guys for supporting this content and um, showing love under some of the pictures we've been posting up and really, you know, being excited to see us move forward and progress and That's be in these so different settings, cool bro. Is that like everyone's kind of on this journey with us. Yeah. And, and I really want to show you guys like, you know, how things really work and how things are really going down. Like it's so fucking cool. And now, like, I'm going to be completely honest with you, bro. Like, I feel like record labels and a lot of different artist camps are a lot, like, they're, they're a lot more down to show that sort of side to them than they were ever before. And I think that's the sort of value that we want to bring as a brand moving forward is to give you guys, you know, that experience to be able to talk about these types of stories. So... Thank you to you guys for constantly supporting us. It's been an incredible journey. And shout out Mark Luck. Shout out JT that's in the other room right now. Like just even having our boys, you know, come in with us and just, you know, have them come kick through has been an awesome experience. Puts you in a different headspace. And it's always nice when you have good people around. So I, it's been I, cool. I, yeah, it's been super cool. And uh, just to let you guys know what's coming up, obviously, we're going to be rolling out a bunch of short form content from Rolling Loud California. And People gave some wild fucking answers, Yeah, bro. the takes I, were crazy. I cannot wait for you guys <laughs> to hear some good. of this shit. Um, we also have an interview, which is going to be coming out. Short form interview, super fun. Um, I don't know if it's going to be out by the time you guys hear this. but Maybe it will be, actually. Um, hope you guys enjoy it if uh, if it isn't out by right now. But in terms of other stuff that we, that we have coming up, obviously... There's Dreamville Fest, and we're going to be there. And that's, oh, that's one gonna festival. that's going to be crazy. That's going to be that's fucking gonna be nuts. insane. I mean, J. Cole and Drake headlining together. That's going to be Does it get better than that? It does not get better than that. So, guys, listen, thank you so much for the support, as always. This trip has been absolutely incredible, and it's been a pleasure um, wrapping up this whole experience with this audio podcast we're doing this from you know our, our Airbnb and in, in Woodland Hills California it was an absolutely incredible experience it was um thank you to the whole team for making this happen guys and we'll catch you on the next audio experience peace